0: What is up, Bitcoiners? Uh, welcome to another podcast. I am sitting across from my colleague Lee Quinn, and she just had an amazing conversation with Jessica Vaughn. Um, Jessica Vaughn is a model, a play, but uh, or a play uh, boy girl, um, and uh, a just independent content creator who is really waking up to Bitcoin recently. And um, I think she's just on fire. She's doing absolutely amazing. Just uh, Education and uh, putting putting herself herself out on Twitter, uh, so really appreciate her coming on. And uh, Lee just had an amazing conversation with her. Lee, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, the conversation you just had with Jessica?
1: Yeah, I really appreciated the way that she was super honest and forthcoming about the fact that she's still learning. Uh, that she literally found out about Bitcoin a few months ago or during the pandemic, and is figuring things out by learning through books and. Um, resources online and also meeting Bitcoiners. I really appreciated the way that she specified how building relationships is one of the ways that she can get expertise because she's not very familiar with the technical terminology. And I think that's really important for those of us who come from content creation and aren't as familiar with programming terminology. And I also really liked the way that she talked about figuring things out as you go, You know, not having to have this perfect defensible position, but really evolving as your knowledge of Bitcoin grows.
0: No, absolutely. And honestly, it was really, it was amazing to hear her very well understand the problem. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of why, even though maybe her technical understanding of Bitcoin is still not as deep, um, her understanding of the problem and why Bitcoin is necessary is 100% there. And uh, I thought that that was super, super awesome to see. And um, again, I think that she can she you know, has the life experience and the empathy in order to communicate Bitcoin in a different way that maybe the existing cohort of people trying to communicate it can. But I just thought this was an amazing conversation. I think that uh, the Bitcoiners listening are really going to enjoy this one. Um, we talked about or Lee and Jessica talked about the conference a lot. Bitcoin 2021 uh, yeah. is going to be an amazing opportunity to make Bitcoiners face to face. Uh, all of us are going to be there. Um, pretty much everyone in the kind of North American Bitcoin community, I feel like at this point, is going to be in Miami. And uh, I keep saying this, Lee, but I feel like Bitcoiners are on the front lines of freedom. And I, the fact that this conference is even happening is kind of just like living proof of that. Um, I mean, I can go on and on. Uh, There's so many amazing uh, events and, uh, and different talks are going to be at the event. Uh, Lee is planning a bunch of really cool tutorials, uh, as well as going to be covering a lot of the top notch stuff. So, uh, you know, if you haven't gotten a ticket at this point, it's pretty much too late. It's sold out, but Um, You can watch the live stream on Bitcoin Magazine and uh, on the conference Twitter. Uh, So go check that out and check out Bitcoin Magazine YouTube. Give us a subscribe. We're going to be posting all the content there as quickly as possible. We'll be covering all the amazing announcements on Bitcoin Magazine. So give all of those accounts a follow, set notifications, all that good stuff. And keep your eye out for Bitcoin 2022 tickets. We'll be dropping them as soon as Bitcoin 2021 is over um and don't miss out don't miss out on bitcoin 2022. lee let's let's get into this uh podcast with jessica that's enough of me and uh you know again bitcoiners you're gonna love this one peace hey jessica hi
1: hey Jessica. i like your lipstick lipstick, by the way that looks nice Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to chat with you about Bitcoin. Well, I'm
2: happy to be here, so
1: thanks for the call. Uh, For anyone at home who's listening and doesn't know, Jessica Vaughn is an avid Bitcoiner, and a model, a makeup artist, a photographer, multi-talented woman. And so I figured we could just start off maybe by allowing you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how it was you first got interested in Bitcoin.
2: Um, Well, for me, like everybody else, I had heard about Bitcoin for years and, of course, missed that opportunity. But um, you can only hear about it so long and before you're just super curious. But for me, it happened. Um, I was not a person that understood anything about economics in any kind of way. Didn't couldn't care less about it. But then the money printing started and then it was like, wow, there's 30 percent of all the money in circulation was printed this last three months, six months. That's crazy to me. I mean, so if the artists are out here being concerned about the money printing, I think there might be something to look at about that. So um, so that naturally led me to the solution of money that you couldn't do that to. Um, And so now it's been two months and here I am being interviewed by you beautiful people. So,
1: yeah, I love it. Definitely in the US. We've been doing a ton of money printing, um, but I also know you're of Lebanese background, right? Yes. So I'm curious if you've been watching at all or if you have any thoughts about how Bitcoin might also relate to situations going on in places like Lebanon where they've been printing money for a very long time and they have a lot of issues in terms of international transfers. It's really hard for some people there to interact uh, with different kinds of currencies beyond the Lebanese lira. Uh, did you have any thoughts uh, both as an American and as a Lebanese person about the value of hard digital scarce money?
2: Uh, well, I think that I got I got that preview before we started descending down this road, right? So I got to see, and I only recently found out I was Lebanese. So uh, so it was new information for me, but also just watching the crisis unfold there about um, untrustworthy people that, you know, use the currency against the people and and the, the tricks of inflation and that type of thing. So
1: um, we think that it can't happen here and it clearly can. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So you hear about this scarce money. You're a little bit interested in it. How do you start a journey with something that can be technically and economically kind of hard to wrap your head around? Well, luckily I had all this free time because my
2: governor decided that I don't get to go work or care about much of anything that used to matter to me. So I had all this free time and I had all this urgency about realizing I had such so many blind spots in everything. Hmm. Uh, So luckily I have an obsessive nature so I just leveraged that freedom to go deeper in and figure out Bitcoin so,
1: yeah. So you were basically uh, following people on Twitter, uh, maybe doing some research online. Uh, were there any books or other resources in particular that had an aha moment for you? Well, I've uh, started the uh,
2: Bitcoin standard,
1: so that's yeah. always a good,
2: a good square one, but lots of just following along conversations and um, some content creators. Um. There's so many books. I got so many at home. Um yeah. Laird Money. I've got Laird Money sitting at home waiting on oh, I, waiting on me to open it up. So that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, there's such a there's such a list, but I'm doing it in tandem with with like the the red pill list. So I've got orange okay. pill list and red pill list. So I have to alternate. So um, but I didn't understand anything about money. So but this has been a nice opportunity to just figure out Austrian economics, all these things that I never until i understood that it was so broken why would i be looking for a solution so yeah, i wish that i i wish that i'd found bitcoin sooner for the same reasons everybody else you know wishes they could have cashed in but um i'm a philosophical bitcoiner so i don't actually care what happens to my investment and i realize that sounds so crazy to people who are who are here for that type of reward um mm-hmm. but the world is so broken and this is one productive way for me to feel like i'm looking at something that provides a solution and that still gives me hope because it can get kind of bleak.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you said this word, uh, content creator, and I find this word really fascinating because it can apply to so many different sectors. Um, I'm curious about your particular background. Uh, you're a freelancer, right? Yes, ma'am. So can you tell me a little bit about, uh, as a freelancer, you probably don't have a um, benefits like, you know, an employer that provides you with retirement and other kinds of services like that. When you think about money management as a freelance content creator, what does that mean for you? Uh
2: well, I enjoyed the personal freedom to do things like not have health care if I wanted to and, and these types of things. So I got to see the, the uh, you know, beta testing of Obamacare trying to get implemented and all the the problems that uh, came from that. Yeah, um, I was somebody that voted because la tried to well they made a proposition where they were trying to make independent contractors actual employees so that there really was no loopholes yeah. of not being an employee and for somebody that hasn't been an employee for anybody since you know junior college that was a very long time ago yeah. um i have all my beliefs just don't line up with being an employee i i just don't I, I think working hard is great i just don't want to do it for the benefit of somebody else that doesn't really um, correlate to freedom very well for me.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you make your own content, you decide what it is you want to wear, how it is you want to look, how it is you want to present yourself, uh, how you want to interact with that audience. I can see that that freedom is uh, just so much greater than if you were to be like a model for an agency, you know, for example. Um, So Mm -hmm. a lot of people, you've mentioned, you know, inflation money printing so wanting to use bitcoin in some cases as a savings technology have you thought about it as all as a freelance um, earning technology or other kinds of ways that might relate to your business as a freelance content creator well if people want to pay me a bitcoin i'll take it don't don't send me the
2: other coins though because um you know (laughs) i can't in in practice so i'll have to reverse those but send me bitcoin i'll take i'll take a satoshi or two
1: okay yeah that makes sense to me how do you think that um People who create Bitcoin-related tools uh, can better communicate the benefits of using Bitcoin as part of their work to content creators, in particular. Um, say that again. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a bit of a complicated question, right? So I feel like when people make, you know, Bitcoin wallets, you know, or um, like Open Dimes or like all these things, the way that they're marketed is is very often. Um, for very very tech savvy people and even tech focused people like a developer might find it interesting and i think there's a lot of content creators like myself and yourself uh, who would also find these tools useful but it's not just it's just not marketed in a way that speaks to my job role and my interests how do you think that we can do a better job at marketing uh this tool to content creators
2: i uh am not a technical person at all in fact i i'd much rather just just be doing things in the real world and, and have money that I can believe in that's physical that I you know can hold it. But uh, uh, so I don't understand those things, but it's really fun for the conversations for the tech oriented people to go in and use, you know, nomenclature that applies to them because they're enjoying the conversation about, you know, the details of, of new technologies. Uh, but none of that makes a very practical type of like um, significance to me. And I don't, I feel so new about it that I'm fine with the lack of education I have on it. I'm I'm hoping these things will get more easy as time goes along. Yeah. Um. But also it's so new for me. I'm not worried about needing to walk in and understand all of it. I, I felt relief buying in because at least I knew that, um you know, I had had one arm in the life raft. So yeah. if the technology makes its way to me, that's cool. But. Um, So I'm just open to seeing what, you know, what unfolds with that, with all the technologies and things. I haven't, I don't understand the infrastructure of it, the um, ways that it's being built, like the lightning network, all these things. Like, I, I don't understand it on that level at all. It's just a solution to government manipulation for me, first and foremost.
1: Gotcha. So what I'm hearing from you is one of the ways that uh, that can be more appealing to content creators is describing it in words that we actually use and understand, as opposed to nomenclature that's uh, completely separate from the industries that we know. Yeah, because
2: if I can't put it in language that I understand, if it's not technology that I'm using. I don't know how I'm supposed to go tell people about it. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be broken down in in that kind of way. Uh, I'm hoping going to the Bitcoin conference is going to fill in some of those Also, the idea of hearing these ideas pitched from people standing in the same room, I'm sure that I'm going to leave the conference knowing so much more than I walk in knowing. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, I'll I'll catch up and fill in some of my blind spots with the tech stuff.
1: It's a really good point about how, although this is a digital technology and it's a digital economy, um, in-person meeting and face-to-face connections and individual direct connections can be really important for self-education, especially from people who don't come from a techno background technical background. Yeah, absolutely. So you've talked a lot so far about personal freedom and how you're really passionate about that. Um, Can you tell me a little bit more about what got you interested and even just like aware in the different aspects of your life of what freedom means uh, for you and what uh, personal responsibility means for you in your context?
2: Um, Well, I mean, I am from a small town and I worked on a farm and I did a lot of things like as a teenager that that built my work ethic and um even though I essentially abandoned that life entirely and and got a, a fairly cozy one there's a certain amount of um get up and go that you can't lose when you have entrepreneurial in you know endeavors um unfolding so um but the necessity of of the base that I had in me that I had, it was always just sleeping in me until I felt like personal freedoms were threatened. I didn't have to think about them so much, but I always Mm -hmm. knew this was, I felt so privileged. I still feel so privileged to just be born in America. I mean, how, how that's like the, Mm -hmm. you know, the birthplace lotto winning for me. So, um, and I, I never stopped appreciating that. And I still don't, of course, I, my, my feelings on it is it's, it's, under attack and I'm concerned about that. So, um, pushing back on it doesn't seem like it's much of an option. It's, it's just what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's just something I, I think about a whole lot more now because, um, I'm seeing the ways that it's being encroached upon living in a city.
1: Yeah, can we talk a little bit more about that? You've said a lot of things about, um, you know, society being broken a little bit. Um, how are you seeing that um, in your in your daily life? Um, well, living in Hollywood, there's, I
2: mean, there's a big lockout. There used to be lots of work we could do in production and lots of other industries that just, you can kind of ride the fringes on, which was fun for me. Um, just intellectual curiosity about this industry or that industry, and always just being able to walk in and provide something and just having an attitude of being pretty teachable. Uh, but all that came to a screeching halt with COVID. And so now it's back to all union work and that type of thing. And um, I just don't want to work under the heavy regulations that I personally disagree with. So it it's changed the nature of all the live events that come there because there are none. Mm-hmm. There still isn't any, it's been 14 months. I mean, how long can we do this? It's like trying to break Los Angeles on, pers- on, on purpose is what it appears to me. And obviously it's because I've been deeply, deeply impacted. A lot of people um, just converted to working at home. Well, that wasn't me. That it, that work was immediately just not available to me. Yeah. Um, so my resentment goes a little deeper than I think the average person because of the way I had structured and enhanced my life through, um live events
1: can you tell me a little bit more about how you structured that business I feel like people who um are not content creators have this idea of like hot girl lifts phone presses photo button and then just gets like yes. money in her account um as if there's not really business operations that go into how you're doing that as a freelancer can you tell me what is yeah. uh, what is your business like
2: oh um wow it was so <laughs> organic it's seeing a need and then and then trying to resolve that um interpersonally for for the most part i mean I, I i wasn't somebody with business plans and and these things laid out in these step by step ways of of incorporating these you know achievements and that type of thing um but that just suited my lifestyle and i liked it um i'm not really sure it, it's hard for me because i don't really remember life outside of of um entrepreneurial pursuits hmm. to remember in contrast um i just I like the right to change my mind. And I like the fact that I can dive deep on anything that has my curiosity at this moment. So that's not going to sound like much of a, of a business structure. Right. Um, but that was the freedom that I always just wanted to protect what I wanted, what we talk about these, um, people that we're talking about models at agencies and things Mm -hmm. like the worst thing for me would be to be, um, constrained in such a way where I have to um, watch the things I'm saying to such a degree that I can't effectively communicate anymore. And I got to see how prevalent that was. And I felt like a part of my purpose is, is to just push back on that a little bit. And I'm so fine with whatever consequences come for that. I mean, you truly have to just say, this is, you know, and you can't measure. Luckily, I'm not a person that needs a lot of metrics to determine what's the right thing to do here. But, um, I won't go so far as to say that everybody's so self-involved, but everybody's short-sighted enough. They're just willing to look away from some things that really need discussed. And uh, I guess I just nominated myself to be willing to talk about those things because there—I I, you know I'm not particularly qualified or anything to be a cultural critic. This is just something that I
1: started doing because there was such a, a there wasn't enough voices. Yeah, definitely. And I can ex- relate on so many levels uh, to how hard it is when you have an employer as a content creator and the way they want to shape your image, the way they want to control what you can and can't do. Um, and that yeah. as a freelancer, you have a lot more flexibility and agency mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to the way that you present yourself. I'm curious how you feel that uh, digital money in Bitcoin in particular uh, fits into solutions for that. Like how does fixing the self-custody money aspect fix some of the greater uh Injustice, I don't know if isn't the right word, but um, the brokenness uh, addresses the greater brokenness uh, in the industry that you're so familiar with.
2: Looking um, forward to looking at, at the parallels about um, China as a model for things that they would like to incorporate here. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's not so much now, but when they have like a Fed coin or you know programmable mm-hmm. money. Um, I'm really concerned that, of course, I, I can see it in, in China about how they're guiding behavior and um, social credit score impacting how people make decisions and how they're being led to come to conclusions that somebody smarter than them has already decided for them. And yeah. so you think you have a choice, but you don't. And so Bitcoin is an alternative to that because I don't want to be subject to you know the puppet strings pulling on the on the programmable money and having that taken away from me for not, you know, complying with some expectations socially and these these types of things. So, it, uh, Bitcoin is just padding my protection in that way because um, I, I I do foresee a cashless society within my lifetime. Oof! And cash is provides a lot of uh, privacy and a lot of options for people. And I I know that that part is gonna go away. So then I try to think about what does Bitcoin offer as a resolution to um, the problem of, of Fed coin and programmable money that can just be there one day and then poof, it, it's not there the next day because you did or said something the government doesn't like. And mm. um,
1: I, I can foresee all those problems because I get to see it in China already. And not only in China, right? Here in the U.S., there are definitely performers who have uh, limited banking access, or who get cut off from different kinds of um, fintech apps or service providers uh, based on this, yeah. uh, uh reputational risk.
2: Yeah, it's it's scary. You sit and think about this long enough, alone in you know in your house after fourteen mm-hmm. months, you definitely want to buy Bitcoin too. So. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that every—I don't think that everybody has uh, scaled the concern as much as I have because of the levels of um, the 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 way my life was structured in such a way that I had nothing but all those live events. So obviously, I had not—I had nothing but but time to sit and think about these things and and make these contemplations. So, and I really hope that I'm wrong. It would be so great to be wrong. Yeah. I'm not firm in any of these things. These are just the moves that I'm making. So I I, um, really believe in Bitcoin for those things because I I think FedCoin is coming and I'm sure that it will be something where they're going to know everything about everything. And I don't really like banking intertwining with um, government. That's not something that I'm for. So Bitcoin offers me... Uh, that opportunity and Bitcoin also plugged me into a community of people that have the same beliefs um, economically with and value privacy and freedom. So I would like to eventually have enough of them that I can identify, you know, their other side businesses and and use them for things because I I just feel like there's a there's a limit one we're led to believe we're a lot less powerful than we actually are. Yeah. So I just want I like talking about the ways that I could possibly implement the power that I have, just the same power other people have. So even though I don't have um great well, you know, well researched positions on these things, I like to talk about it in public in case people, you know, want to chime in and, and fill me in on those things because, you know, why can't I have an Amazon feature where I get to not buy anything from China if I want? It's my money. Why can't I, why can't mm-hmm. I not intertangle and fund the CCP if I want? why can't I do that? So I would love it. Um, I would love to be able to target um, who I'm giving my money to as more Bitcoiners show up. And not everybody's public about owning Bitcoin, but it would be fun if they were, because then I could feel good about giving you my money instead Mm -hmm. of feeling like I'm giving it to a machine that's here to suppress me eventually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hearing a lot of different things from you. Uh, First off, that you crafted your career in a way that you deliberately wanted to be freelance and in control of your own image and the content that you create. And that when the pandemic Mm -hmm. hit, all of these regulations uh, made it very difficult as an independent person to get work because there was a lot more emphasis on union and even the spaces and the ways that people could produce uh, content. So you're online, you're at home, and you start researching, you, you look into books like like uh, the Bitcoin standard and layered money, and you start developing individual relationships and looking for opportunities to meet people in the Bitcoin community as a way to educate yourself. Um, and you see this solution of, uh, I, I really like what you're saying about wanting to give uh, Bitcoiners your money and to basically uh, participate in economy of your choosing as opposed to um, being forced to participate in an economy based on your location or oh, nationality. Right, because- Right,
2: because I'm seeing the way that they're guiding all these options, you know, with convenience and these things. Oh, just use Amazon, you know, and then you're funding this big machine that's taking over the globe. And um, I, I just want to stop doing that. I want to stop being asleep at the wheel with my financial decisions. And um, I think you vote 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 with your dollar in many ways.
1: Yeah, so, for sure. Voting with dollars and voting with sats is the way to uh, express our yeah. true values. Yes, and
2: and while I'm not going to be. Uh, spending any of my Bitcoin anytime soon. Um, I would still like to give people my trash fiat money if they're Bitcoiners because they're working towards the same
1: ultimate goal. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I'm also really curious to hear from you because you're relatively new to the space and you entered the space in a time of really weird and unique bull run. Um, There's a lot of hype in 2021. Uh, As someone who's like coming into the space, but can see because you're doing your research that there's a history of these cycles. What do you think about where we're at in the cycle right now? And and how does that impact, um, I guess, the choices that you're making as you're onboarding into the system?
2: Uh, Well, I expected it to do these roller coasters. So I'm not surprised by any of this. I'm just surprised how many people are so influenced by what celebrities care about cryptocurrencies and these sorts of things like, yeah. um, but for me, I'm not, I'm not here for the, um, casino aspects of, of crypto. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, it, I didn't feel a call to Bitcoin until it was, it was there to solve the solution to problems I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. Um, so none of, none of the ups and downs are surprising to me. I'm happy that the price dropped because that meant I got to buy some more and, mm-hmm. um, But I also have the, I have the perspective that there are are lots of um, institutional adoptions that's happening all the time where I I don't care what the motions of Elon Musk is and that things like that. Like, that's not so concerning to me. There's there's so many major players and they don't all want to be public about it because of, you know, the fallout of being so public about things that people feel so passionate about. Like, I just can't imagine caring about what other coins other people have. Like, why? Hmm. That just seems so silly to me. I'm fine with whatever anybody wants to do personally. I just like the option of you know having choice too. Yeah, um, but people really care what Elon Musk thinks about Bitcoin, and that's wild to me.
1: Yeah, they they definitely do. Um... I'm curious to think. Okay, I want you to imagine something with me. Um, If we can imagine that Bitcoin is much more widely used and understood. I don't even really know what people mean when they say mainstream adoption, but think about it the way that like if I tell anyone I use PayPal, for example, people, even if they don't use it, they know what that is. Right, so Mm -hmm. imagine that kind of world in which people are at least familiar with this concept. Um, How do you think that would change the power dynamics in particular, the industry that you're most familiar with in terms of adult content creation? How would that look different than the studio and agency run model that we have today?
2: Um, Well, we've kind of broken away from all of that. Um, It's not really my domain, but watching girls do the OnlyFans thing. I mean, that's decentralized. Mm -hmm. um, The need for things like having um, production outside of what you choose it to be. I mean, those girls get to hire the photographers they want and make whatever they want or just do their selfies or whatever, you know, do their cooking shows or whatever the hell they're doing on their, you know, whatever brand that they feel like building. And man, that it's such a great time to be alive. Just, you can pick literally obscura and just make it your brand identity. Yeah. That's amazing. Like who doesn't want to be alive at a time like that? So, um, um, Bitcoin could add more to that um as far as people being able to travel around. a lot of those girls are are um, um they're island hopping types of girls, right? But it's so great yeah. because you can go and just be like, oh, for six months I'm gonna take take my um crypto and and go to Bali where they're relatively unaffected by shutdowns and mm-hmm. um, but then they can create the whole time that they're there and they can do their um, just because we're such a digital world now. so it pairs well with that desire to um, not have to worry about changing monies every time you go across borders of a nation and and sidestepping the exchange rate hustles and all those fees and everything that comes from that. So um, it's one more piece of a puzzle of being free.
1: Yeah, for sure. When it comes to yourself and the projects that you're working on right now, what's something that you're excited about working on now in 2021?
2: Oh, is it still 2021? I'm I'm so
1: right. ready for 2022.
2: <laughs> yeah, this year. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of growing things. Um, I uh, my entire world perspective has been turned on its head. So I um, am not super committed to much of anything. I'm keeping my head above water, and I'm interested in learning about Bitcoin. So, like, I'm 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 going uh to meet everybody, but I'm also going to learn because Mm -hmm. I'm sure through all those um you know types of uh of community learning that things will fall into place. And it's it's already happening with Mm -hmm. all the invites to do the podcasts. And um but I'm sort of just developing my voice in these types of ways. So it's fun to get a little bit of my life back that I lost in 2020, but also with these new elements incorporated in. um, I don't really have any new projects to discuss or anything like that, but um you're projecting yourself,
1: it <laughs> sounds like yeah,
2: yeah, get your head right before you can really help anybody else get their head right. So um, but it, it's so fun, so fun learning and having new things to consider. Hmm. It was getting kind of dark there for a while, so but yeah, Bitcoin has felt productive and that's really nice. That's really great to hear. Yeah. And nothing short, nothing, nothing short of tragedy uh, or crisis was going to make me care about economics. Like that was the <laughs> last thing on my list that I would have cared about. But it's intimidating. Interesting It's this extra element of just what, the way you see the world and how um, every policy, especially having a central bank and all these things, like it's it's so vital. But nobody ever told me that. No, but there isn't really maybe that's reflective of the, of one dimensionality of my life or the people in it or something. But I, I mean, I never knew the necessity of understanding economics to have, um, an opinion on, on these, you know, on, on, on all matters and politics and all these things. So I've been spending a lot of 2021 filling in blind spots I have. Yeah. And and resolving them because sometimes they're rather contradictory. And then, and, and then I have to explore how to remedy that type of uh incongruency in myself so that's mm.
1: that's 2021 for me do you feel like over the past year you've become much more libertarian oh absolutely never really understood what
2: that meant not entirely like you think you know but you don't know so and it, but it's just fun to find all these shades of center right positions just um i had no idea mm-hmm yeah. But I love I I love learning. So it's it's been quite the um um prompt along, I suppose. Bitcoin opened up a whole new world.
1: Yeah, definitely. What do you think is the most common misconception that people have about the kind of work that you do?
2: Oh I think that they think that I and people similar to me can't relate to Everyday life um, mm-hmm. that we don't understand what hardships are like, or that it's like, oh, you're pretty, so everything's easy for you. Well, that's yeah. not necessarily true of any any type of principles that you operate from. Obviously, everyday people try to give me money to do things that I'm not interested in doing. So, actually, I I, I think that people would be surprised to know that my default mode. Um, is no for things um, related to my work. I have very specific things that I like to do, and that and that it got me stuck in a in a way that didn't allow me to advance. So now I'm I'm starting to examine how, how those belief systems. Now that my old world is dead to me, what mm-hmm. that's going to look like going forward. So I think I think a lot of times when people are talking about the struggles that they have about dissatisfaction in their own work or or working under somebody the only thing that i've resolved that other people on a grander scale haven't is um a non-negotiability of of working for somebody else farther than the great thing about the gig economy it you can negotiate the terms of of your of your agreement um and then have that day or week or whatever of work together and then you can figure out after the fact would I do this again? Mm-hmm. So whenever I have a feeling of just, I, I would, it, it just didn't suit me for whatever reason, or if I felt like I didn't negotiate my power or I was working for less than I deserved, or this was exploited or that was exploited, then you have the opportunity to not take that work from them again. Mm-hmm. So um, but I think people would be surprised by how much I really can relate to the complaints they have about um, aspects of their work.
1: You say that your old work lifestyle uh, is dead to you. What aspects of the live events that you used to participate in do you think won't come back? And what aspects of those types of live events do you think will come back? Oh, it was things
2: like um, working in photography. It was a lot of who you know, this type of things. Like I was shooting um, portraits of country music singers. And so I had a, I have a country music singing friend. And so we would go and do all these concerts which sounds like oh that's fun and that's not really work but it is it is work like getting in the right rooms and then they're like oh you're a photographer and you know you're in trailers and Mm -hmm. you meet the right people and that type of thing so um because of all the heavy constraints like for covid just the covid response sort of froze you and underscored whatever the reality of of your situation was so for me i was somebody that just rode coattails on a lot of things to feather into other um, industries and just check things out because I'm such a curious person Um, and that's the great thing about being in Hollywood but now I don't think that there's a really there's a necessity to be there because of how um, decentralized entertainment is and and the fact that that isn't so concentrated um, that creative people don't have to be somewhere in fact if you're flexible on what you're doing which I'm not attached to my path that's why I was quite happy to have paused you know modeling endeavors and do other things like uh combat sports media I had developed and and so so now if they don't so when I say it's all it's all that's all dead to me now I lost all the momentum of those things so all the combat sports of you know they have it in Florida or they have to go international or something I mean in Vegas and LA like how long am I supposed to retain these dreams when I wasn't somebody that was attached to that path it wasn't like I was like oh well um you know UFC is life and now that it's not here it's like well life is always going and prompting me in new directions so but a lot of the things that I thought were so central to me weren't afforded to me for so long by just um removing my ability to have access to them Mm -hmm. They weren't barriers that were overcomable for me being young in those businesses so, because yeah. if you weren't essential, you weren't invited. Mm-hmm. And I've never yeah. really had those shut doors before because entertainment is so open. It's mm-hmm. really been so open. But now that they've reverted back to lots of, like, union-only positions and that type of thing, once production finally did return. Um, yeah. But now, But now, I don't want to be around them because now I feel like I'm participating... In a machine of things like I used to do a lot of extra work or like featured model positions for things, you know, music videos and Mm -hmm. um, shows and that type of thing. And now I just don't really want to be around the Hollywood production machine, even though it was so beautiful and good to me before. um, I just don't want to go do that. I don't want to do that anymore. So it's easier for me to think that it's dead. Because it's dead to me, so it may as well be dead by my own conception, so that I don't miss it.
1: Definitely, because there's
2: so much more. There's so much more to the world. There is. They told they told me the lights of Hollywood would fade, and they were right. Now it happened before it's time for me because I was working on lots of other uh, lots of other things. But it's such a big world. If you're not attached to the conception of your own path, you can see a lot more paths as they present themselves. And life's always surprising me.
1: That it does, for sure. I, yeah. I feel like uh, it's a weird transitional period for a lot of people. Um, and I like hearing from you that it doesn't scare you off or make change the way you think about Bitcoin when you see the price going up or down because you understand that there's just oh, like, different um, cycles. Um, I'm curious. So you talk a lot about wanting to learn more. So learning about self-custody is definitely a very deep rabbit hole. Is there anything else in particular related to the Bitcoin ecosystem that you're excited to be learning about?
2: Oh, self-custody is definitely the highest up there for sure. Yes. Um, and then I, I'm excited to learn more about how to just defend Bitcoin in arguments that are made about um, things like why why people are so bothered by the, the transaction history that accompanies Bitcoin and and just pushing back conversationally on the attacks about the um, energy consumption of Bitcoin and what is contributing to the, um, you know, the demise of the planet and all of that. So just equipping myself with um, valid arguments that are current because so much changes so fast. And policies are changing so fast surrounding it. And, um, you know, a government feels this way about it. And then a government feels that way about it. And and just keeping up with that conversation is only possible if you have a good base understanding. And I've never given myself that good base understanding of those things. So, yeah, yeah,
1: I I think the conference will be good for that. I definitely think the conference will be good for that. And you've been tweeting a lot about Miami in particular and how it has a stark contrast with what you've been experiencing in LA. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have any other thoughts in general you wanted to share about Miami and what you've learned about, I guess, a different approach to governance than perhaps the one you've been living out in Hollywood? Well, I um, just
2: love seeing what's happened in Florida. Um, I think historically people, we're gonna look back on, on, Ron DeSantis policies and and feel like that that was definitely the route to go. So I hope there's some accountability once all once we've been, we've put a little distance between ourselves in this crisis to look back. And I hope there's some accountability um, because I think I think Florida was a great example of how we could have um met the need to preserve safety without compromising personal freedoms. because uh, yeah. that's really concerning to me. And I and I um Watching it, um, devolve in California to not wanting to be there because yeah. nobody loved LA more than I loved LA. I was so just grateful yeah. for the opportunity to go somewhere where the sun's always shining, you know. And uh, I guess the sunshine is my, you know, might be might be Miami sun for me. So um, it was really nice to go visit a couple of weeks ago and see everybody acting normal. And um, you know, we still wore masks in stores, that type of thing. Uh, but as a general um, contrast to L.A., it was very free and functional. Um, I was hosting a charity with some of my friends and it had been like 18 months since we could operate in L.A. So we moved it to Miami. So it was really fun to just get wow. to go and have 350 people at SLS and um, you know, raise money for a good cause and, and do some things that I, I feel like people should have been afforded the opportunity to make those decisions and have yes. autonomy yes. over their own you know, medical decisions and these, these kinds of things. So Florida's looking like a nice safe haven, you know, just a, a nice, um, vaccine passport free type of place to go. So, you know, swap, swap out the palm trees. It's not going to be that different, but, um, You know, it's it's sad when you make a home somewhere to have to think about uprooting it and leaving it. But if you're not brave and open minded about these things, I I just get to see what's what they're working towards in L.A. And it's not it doesn't align with my values anymore. So even though that hurts, it's just not it's not for me anymore. But but Miami was certainly a mood lifter. Like I have felt so much better just since visiting two weeks ago and doing my charity there. So um, yeah. What do we got like a week left?
1: (laughs) It's days coming up. It's very, very soon. And I'm so
2: excited.
1: Yeah, me too. And I definitely hear you and can relate to wanting to have, um, autonomy over your own body and how yeah. you make decisions with your own health. It's a very, very important thing. Yeah. Those were basically the questions that I had in mind. Was there anything else that you think is important uh, for the audience to know? Anything that you wanted to tell Bitcoiners that maybe I didn't ask you about specifically?
2: Well, um, I have a lot of, of um formulating, developing opinions, and and I stake them in ways um that might be provoking to people. So I just ask people to remember that, um, these conceptions are just developing in me. And of course they're contradictory sometimes all these things. So, um, I'm hoping that just being public about my, the journey of the, my considerations and that type of thing that, um, people will just extend me a little bit of grace with that, with that type of thing, because, um, I'll get a lot of pushback on some things I said, like on Pomp's podcast, you know, that, yeah. that was um, released yesterday and, um, but people are, are generally pretty cool about it if um, I don't come back at them from a point of being defensive about it. And so um, so I'm a reasonable person. You're a reasonable person. The <laughs> listeners are reasonable people. So if we can just stay cordial and, and sort these things out, um, that would that would be so great because um, um, I know there's a wide political spectrum inside of Bitcoin. And I say some very polarizing things. So. I really appreciate the grace the community gives me and the understanding to know that, um, you know, we've all been dramatically impacted by this, but um, I think people can't necessarily relate to what's happened um, if they don't live in New York or LA or at least some comparable city that was, um, you know, we, we we had an extreme reaction in those two cities, so. Um, if people could remember that that's impacting a lot of of my opinions, that I would really appreciate
1: that. So, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I feel like I learned a lot about your personal journey and also about the journeys of people like us who are learning and uh, grateful for the graciousness of the community. But happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, thanks again for having me.
1: Yeah, I'll see you in Miami
2: yes um are you going to come to what is it um the swan
1: party i don't know that? if i'll be at the swan party but i'll definitely be at the conference
2: yeah okay well i will see you there and i'll i'll make sure just wear the lipstick and i'll and i'll, I'll
1: recognize <laughs> sounds good take care Bye.
0: a quick reminder that all of the content in this episode is for informational and entertainment purposes only You should not construe the information as legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Podcast Network, or any third party service provider to buy or sell securities or any other financial instruments. Do your own research.